With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, welcome to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT. I'm Steve Hook, broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore. And there's Brian McLean, also known as Hesher. He's in Central Texas. Hello, Hesher. Good to see you, brother. Hey, good to see you, Hook. Ready for a powerful show today. I can't believe how much stuff has happened since we left the mics yesterday. I mean, it, it really, it's not slowing down. Let me, uh, let's talk about Julian Assange here for just a sec, though, Hesh. Last December, of course, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was uh, announced. It's going to take place, well, hell, in just about six days now, February 20th and 21st at the UK High Court. This will determine whether Julian will have permission um, to appeal this case or whether he will be extradited uh, to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days, if that's what it takes. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. And also, if you're in the London area, the London premiere of The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, will be going down at Rio Cinemas on Sunday, the 18th of February at 1 p.m. The film will then be followed by a panel discussion and a Q&A with Tariq Ali and Kristen Hafferson. I don't know if I got that name right. Uh, hopefully, Stella Assange will be on, on site as well. But to find out more, just Google The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, London premiere, and you can find out all about it. It's going to be a great time as uh, as we light the fuse for freedom on today's News Talk TNT. Okay, um, yeah, has sure a lot going on, including right up, up until we came on the air. So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, the story that, and we're going to bring our buddy in, Timothy Shea, here in a little while to discuss this. Hesher, what do you think about this CIA? Uh, I'm reading from the New York Post here. CIA and foreign intelligence agencies illegally targeted 26 Trump associates before 2016 Russia collusion claims. Uh, so before the 2016 Russia, Russia, Russia thing, the CIA and other foreign intelligence agencies, the five eyes, were targeting 26 of Trump's associates. That means his campaign associates. That means people like Carter Page. That means people like George Papadopoulos and a whole slew of other 26 of them. Apparently, the U.S. intelligence community asked foreign spy agencies to surveil 26 associates of Donald Trump in the run-up to the 2016 election, which triggered the allegations that the former president's campaign had been colluding with Russia, according to a report. Now, this report is from uh, Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi. And uh, now, you know, these two guys, Hesh, as you well know, Schellenberger's a greenie. Uh, he's a big uh, climate change guy. At least he was. Taibbi was a, a longtime writer at Rolling Stone magazine, very much a uh, a lefty. And then they got hold of the Twitter files, and that's how they kind of rocketed to fame. And now they're releasing this report that says former CIA director John Brennan identified and presented the targets 
to the U.S. intelligence-sharing partners in the so-called Five Eyes agencies, the intelligence-gathering organizations in the U.S., the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, according to this report published Monday, so that'd be yesterday, on Michael Schellenberger's public substack, the report by independent journalists Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex uh, Gutentag, uh, has not been confirmed by the New York Post. So this is the New York Post putting their little, you know, caveat on this. But apparently they cite multiple unnamed, highly placed sources, including ones very close to House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, led by Representative Mike Turner. By the way, Turner is in the news today as well on a different subject. Anyway, Turner's uh, office did not respond to this post, to the New York Post request for comment. And it goes on, but this is pretty crazy, Hash. It said they were targets, uh, there were targets of our own IC and law enforcement, targets for collection and misinformation, a source said. Britain's government communications headquarters intelligence apparatus, or GCHQ, was making contacts with Trump associates as early as March of 2016. Now, Hesh, this is, and they call it bumping, by the way, in spy speak. Bumping means to set up kind of an inadvertent, oh boy, who are you? Bump, I accidentally met you at this bar in London. And you're a Professor Mifsud, ring a bell? That was bumping Papadopoulos, it sounds like. What do you think about this report? Um, absolutely crazy, and I can't wait to hear from Timbo on this. We, we need a reckoning when it comes to this story. The big takeaway for me, Steve, is that uh, we, sh we need in this country a moratorium on our intelligence agencies working with other countries. These are the same agencies that censored us during COVID, censored us about Hunter Biden's laptop, destroyed our foreign policy, destroying the Middle East, destroying Europe, participating in radicalizing crazy people around the globe, arming them and this is what they're doing on the side get out of here you guys suck yeah they do suck and uh we're gonna we're gonna i'm sure timothy shea will have a lot to say about this by the way before we get to him tnt is an independent global news talk station that does what others only claim to do tnt is a live radio and tv broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24-7, seven, seven days a week, 365. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day, all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts, hello, and staff. Uh, it's a critical time that we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from the mainstream media, and we do all the time, and of course, their powerful sponsors as well. We're now appealing to our many fans and supporters around the world to go hit up tntradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors continue to continue this important mission, and we're going to continue it because it is very, very important, but tntradio.live if you want to make it, if you love what you hear and see, we sure would love to uh, get a donation from you if we could. No pressure there. Uh, but anyway, there it is. Okay, stick around. We're going to bring on our good friend Timothy Shea right after this. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, so here we are on State of the Nation, and there's just so much news breaking 
Uh, I would say none bigger than this next story, uh, the, the story we were just touching on, Ash, but they're kind of all huge. Let's bring Timothy Shea, our friend, uh, TNT colleague from The Reckoning with Timothy Shea. There he is now. Okay, uh, Timothy, this is a pretty big story. Schellenberger and Taibbi, these guys aren't like a bunch of right-wing propagandists here. I mean, uh, they, they broke, absolutely course- aren't. I want to get to yeah. that in just a second. But first, I want to wish you and everyone a happy St. Valentine's Day. And don't don't forget yeah. the saint there. St. Valentine, right. Bishop of Turney, was one of our first martyrs. And he was beheaded by Claudius II because he married people in secret. And that's why we celebrate St. Valentine in association with romantic love. All right. Well, this happy Valentine's Happy Valentine. Hold on, son. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody except Taylor Swift. I am so sick of you. <laughs> Go ahead, Timbo. Oh man, no more psyops, <laughs> please. But Taylor Swift is part of this whole thing. Okay, so stick with me here. This is explosive. This is the biggest story going right now, and it has the left mannequin in panic, and they've been mannequin in a panic for two years now. This story is the reason why Mar-a-Lago was raided by our top-to-bottom corrupt FBI. They need the binder back. There is a binder containing all of this evidence. And Donald Trump declassified the binder before he left office. And now they can't find the binder. So reasonable minds are assuming that Donald Trump has somewhere under his control. They thought it was Mar-a-Lago and it wasn't. The binder with all the receipts on all of this. In our intelligence community, Hesher, I couldn't agree with you more. The CIA, we need to take a pause from the Five Eyes arrangement. John Cipher was one of the intelligence agency uh, operatives that signed that letter, that fateful letter in October of 2020, saying that it had all the hallmarks, the Russia hoax, and the dossier had all the hallmarks of a Russian disinformation operation notice they didn't come right out and say that it did because they knew that they didn't it it wasn't because they're the ones that did it so matt taibbi and schellenberger great work but so here's the rest of the story Catherine harridge was fired from cbs today one of our yep. best journalists so, and I love Catherine's reportage. I really don't know what her politics are. And guess what? I don't care. I don't care that Schellenberger's a greenie. I don't care that Matt Taibbi wrote for Rolling Stone and is probably a lefty. These people, along with Cheryl Ackeson, who was spied on by the government, who had her home internet network broken into by the government, and Tucker Carlson and others are true reporters. They want to get at the truth and not push some corporate approved, audience tested, you know, test audience reviewed fake narrative. So the more we can have reportage by people like Schellenberger, Taibbi, Ackeson, uh, Catherine Herridge, the better, right? In all of this, I think finally we're going to have a great October surprise because I think the binder is going to come out in October. And here's why I think Trump has held it back and allowed himself to be indicted. Just like, remember, Obi-Wan, after he said, if you strike me down, I'll be stronger than you can possibly imagine. (laughs) Then he turned off his lightsaber and allowed Darth Vader to kill him. Well, Donald Trump has allowed our top to bottom corrupt department of justice 
to indict him, to criminally prosecute him. And all they've done is made him stronger than they could possibly have imagined. And I think that he has held this dossier in reserve because remember, he could have used it to get, get out of all these prosecutions and he could have revealed it before now. I think he's done it because he knew that Stumblebum Joe, as I predicted on January 20th, 2021, will not be the nominee. And we can see them already throwing him under the bus. He's not going to be the nominee. Everybody's talking about Michelle Obama. They're talking about Gruesome Newsome out in California. I think it's going to be Hillary. I think the evil spawn is going to come back from the dead and give it one more try. And this dossier binder is going to be the wooden stake to finally drive through the evil heart of the Democrat Party, perhaps killing it for a generation. Well, they certainly went to Killary first for commentary on Tucker's trip to visit Putin, didn't they? And her commentary. And they also was, went to Killary. Killary's out now saying, yes, uh, Joe's age is a considerable problem. Yeah, they, they are laying the groundwork for a Killary campaign. God, it's such almighty. a damaged brand. It's such a damaged brand, though. My goodness. I mean, they it's, don't care. Uh, they don't care. They think that they they think with all their Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey psyop, and they think with all the propaganda, and they still think that they're going to be able to cheat. Even though the other big story this week has been Yehuda Miller's FOIA request that showed that on election day in 2020, SISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, ERIC, the Election Registration Information Center, leftist NGOs, Dominion and ESNS, which make the machines and the software, and state election officials and others all met on election day 2020. Yehuda Miller filed the FOIA request. The information has come back and they're going to be released gradually over this week. But that's the other big story. They cheated in 2020. They stole the election. Joe Biden is an illegitimate president and we can now prove it. And Hillary, in conjunction with our intelligence uh, community, are responsible for the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Yeah, I mean, it's, we were talking about it off air, Timothy. It's it, the thing that's so shocking is uh, it's. It, I, and I, I wonder this. I wonder if this story, and it's really a whole. It's it, it's basically a a, a a tapestry of corruption. And mm -hmm. if you pull one thread, the whole damn thing comes apart. And I'm wondering if it is so big that you know banks were too big to fail i wonder if this story is too big to grasp and i wonder if the media is going to say nah we're going to ignore it it's it's just it's all over the place it's amorphous we're not going to touch it and as a way of kind of getting away from but i'll tell you one thing let me just throw this caveat in there if trump did squirrel away that binder somewhere put it in a safety deposit box somewhere that's unknown by the feds holy cow if he releases that Man, oh man, I don't know. That's how what I'm saying. That. I think it's the wooden stake. I think it's the wooden stake. And this story is going to be too big for them to ignore, Steve. It's not that it's too big, so big that they have to uh, hide it. it there, there's no hiding this. And the American public is grasping this because slowly but surely, drip by drip, all of these things that we've been talking about, and they've been calling us crazy, all of these things have been seeping into the national consciousness. And so once the proof is finally laid on the table, the irrefutable proof, I think it's going to kill the Democrat Party for 20 years, and they might even go the way of the Whigs.
Let's hope so. I mean, you know, I remember covering the uh, CISA story back in 2020 and talking about just the formation of yeah. that group and the vulnerabilities that it caused. And look at this. I mean, what you just described right there, we're going to cover in a little greater detail in the second hour. But I mean, uh, this is this is rank corruption. This is the kind of actions that are are imprisonable you know what i mean these these are these are treasonous actions potentially here um by all appearances and it's international so timbo we're just about out of time but give us your final thoughts well i just want to thank steve for uh, giving me the the phrase that perfectly encapsulates this which is tapestry of of corruption because a tapestry is made out of many different colored threads and here we have many different operators some working in direct collusion, others just knowing where the end goal is and, and working toward that goal, all of them working cooperatively in some fashion. And it's unbelievable corruption, and it's from the top down. Mike Dukakis was right. The fish rots from the head. And in this instance, it's Stumble Bump Joe. I want to thank you guys for having me on and can't wait to talk to you again. Right on, Timothy. Thank you very much. There he goes. Timothy Shea, check out his show, Timothy Shea, The Reckoning. You're watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. We'll be right back after this. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics. And whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population. populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes. But I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. The benefits of advertising on today's News Talk TNT Radio should be clear to businesses of any shape or size. It can be accessed anywhere, anytime, by anybody and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments, we turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I am naked at the street. 
These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Tout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. Yeah, we do do a lot of streaming over here 24-7 at Today's News Talk. Now, our next guest was America's longest-serving television news director, and uh, boy, he's got so much experience and he's got a new book out about all the experience that he has. So we're definitely going to have to uh, get some updates on the book release, what it's what's in it. It's called 50 Years in a Newsroom, a eulogy by our next guest, Mr. Steve Cohen. Now, Steve Cohen, welcome back to the show. It's great to see you. Congrats on the new book. We want to hear all about it. But before we get into that, we had an interesting discussion with Dr. Kelly Victory this week, and I wanted to get your take on that because we're talking about uh, Joe Biden and, you know, set aside all of the scandalous stories that seem to be getting more scandalous by the moment here. And let's just talk about him as a human for a minute here. Um, you know, she, uh, Dr. Kelly Victory says that he is, uh, she hasn't, you know, uh, seen him herself in a doctor's capacity, but when she observes him, She's she's picking up Parkinsonian sort of decline on him, which is unfortunate for any person to go through. But um, what do you think about this this topic, you know, with Biden as a person and a president with what he's going through? Yeah, well, I, thank you both uh, for having me on again. I think that you have to look at the her report because that's really what we're talking about. Right. Is the her report and the coverage of it. Yes. And uh, and why he is not being uh, indicted, if you will. And the reason, said, said her, was that he was too um, aged, that he came across as a senior person, uh, albeit a nice senior person, but someone who was overly forgetful. And then her goes on uh, into detail about it. I think it, you have to look at what cognitive capability really is. And I think that when we do it sort of um, tangentially, you know, we just look at him. I mean, there are ways to figure out whether people are cognitively alert or not, and, there, and they are cognitive uh, diagnostic techniques that can be uh, had. Now, 
It's my understanding as of this morning, the president said, I will not go through a cognitive test in his next physical, which is coming up, I think, within the next 60 days. I think that as Americans, we're, we would all be worried about that, right? You know, there's a way to do this that is not just what we think is happening, but there is science that's involved with cognitive capabilities. Donald Trump has said, I'll take the test. So why won't Joe Biden do it? If he's what we call compass mentis in Latin, right? Do you have your faculties or not? So I think you have to have concerns. My concern is that we're all doing this off the cuff without any scientific background. And you know that you can appear to be cognitively not there and actually be there, or you can appear to be okay and be lost. So it seems to me that we need to put corners on it. I, I think media is not asking for that, by the way. And, and I would like to say something about to, to you too, Steve, is that you should encourage your viewers to go to the Cleveland Clinic, go Google Cleveland Clinic on cognitive testing. And that Google will take you to an excellent explanation of the variety of tests that are available to test cognitive capability, not only the president's, but your own. And it would, it's really worth doing because then you get a real sense of what the test would, would ask for. And by the way, to take a cognitive test, you don't have to go through some preparation. You don't have to do any studying. You just show up. It's not like having a colonoscopy where you have to prepare yourself. Here you just come on and you do the test. I think yeah. there needs to be, I think there needs to be some framing of this in an authoritative and thoughtful way where we as, you know, as in this democracy, we get to say our president should take this test, period. And then we can get an analysis. That, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Steve, welcome back to the show. It's great to see you. Congratulations you. on the book. Look Thanks. forward to hearing all about that. We've got to take a headline here. But when we get back, I want to, yeah, my, I suspect that maybe he has taken a cognitive test and just kind of keeping it, kept it under the vest. You know, we don't know what's going on there. Trump was asked to take them. He took two of them, in fact, uh, and, and was proud to say that I'm the smartest guy in the world. You know how Trump is. But when we get back, I want to discuss if, 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 if you think that there's a chance that he took it and if, if he didn't take it, why would he be afraid of taking it? I think we know this, kind of a hypothetical, I mean, a rhetorical, but we'll ask it on the other side. You're watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. We'll be back after this headline. TNT Radio News. Bring the news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Chief Justice John Roberts has directed the Justice Department to respond to former President Donald Trump's claim of presidential immunity regarding his January 6th case in Washington, D.C. Rob Walker, a former business partner of Hunter Biden, testified to Congress that Joe Biden met with the head of a Chinese energy firm in 2017 with financial ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Victoria has been hit by extreme weather events, including a severe thunderstorm in Melbourne. The Common Housefly Caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNT Radio. Live. Okay, we're back with uh, Steve Cohen on State of the Nation. Steve, thank you for hanging in through the headlines. Uh, now, 
Given the magnitude of the of the her report and what it said, a recent ABC Ipsos poll just came out that said 78% of Americans think that Joe Biden is too old to do the job, and that includes 71% Democrats. That is devastating. So I suspect that if there was any chance that he could pass that test, he would do that to turn those numbers around. And who knows if he's already taken one. Um, How are they going to make this go away, Steve, if his cognitive decline continues in front of our very eyes? Well, you know, again, I I think that the the methodology of a thinking uh, Democratic Party would be to have him take the test and then to take the test and to issue the response to the test. I think that the mystery does not help our democracy. And as me as a media expert, you're left in the dark. And I think whenever you're left in a mysterious situation, most voters are going to go to, because we naturally do, go to the negative, right? That's why the poll that you just stated seems to have such validity. I do think it's important for media though, uh, for guys like us to explain to the public, what is a cognitive test? And cognitive tests are really good at the two ends. One to say, hey, you're okay, no problem, looks good, right? And then at the other end, when you're severely in trouble, right? Cognitive tests are really good at both ends of that spectrum. But in this large middle area, it's less clear, right? And and therefore, there's no reason that President Biden shouldn't take the test. Because if he's in this large middle ground, then America is going to say, okay, yeah, he's got some problems, but he's in this large middle ground of being still very functional, right? So his denial of taking the test is even more problematic based on what I've just said, of what I know about the, the from the Cleveland Clinic's tests, of which they've got, you know, like a dozen and a half tests that they can give people, but all of them have the same problem. If you're in the general middle, they're going to stamp you as okay. If Biden is so afraid that he can't even take the test to be stamped in the middle, then yeah. I think the American democracy is challenged, right? And, and yeah. that point, that point I just made has not been made. One, two points haven't been made by American media. One, what is a cognitive test? And then what will it tell us? And once you get the answer to those two things, you get the conclusion that I'm raising, which is the president should take the test and end the mystery and tell us if he's in the general middle. And God forbid he's not in the middle. We all feel for him, but we can't have him be president of the United States. Yeah, that that is uh, just patently bad, patently inappropriate, patently um, humiliating to the man, you know, the man, Joe Biden. Uh, you know, we let, all humans deserve respect. And, you know, uh, if that is his situation, you know, as Dr. Kelly Victory said yesterday, you know, his family should and, and, and his colleagues and his friends should, you know, uh, protect him from embarrassment, you know, and, and that's just personal embarrassment. That doesn't even take into account the embarrassment of our nation right now if this continues in this fashion. Let, let, let's just look historically at a second at the, at the 25th Amendment, because as you know, it's a relatively new amendment, but says that the president is not able to serve, that he can be removed, right? Which, which means for physical purposes. Well, in our history, we've had two presidents that, had, that, that were clearly infirm. One was Franklin Roosevelt, who served 4,425 days. He's the longest serving United States president. He was mentally acute all the way to the end until he, until he died, right? And then Woodrow Wilson, as we know, who was not able to serve, and his, and his wife, basically, and 
the and his advisors ran America in the latter years of his, of his presidency. If we had a 25th Amendment, Wilson would have been removed. FDR would not have been removed, in my judgment, because he was mentally acute all the way to the last to his last days in, in office, even after serving over 4000 days. Biden is in is not in either of those situations. He's not obviously mentally acute like FDR was nor is he so clearly infirm like Wilson was who had a stroke that he that he wouldn't fit but the 25th amendment still may still may have value here because somebody needs to force the president of the united states to take cognitive testing so that we can get over the mystery of whether or not he's outside of the bounds of being someone who's compass mentis yeah you know steve i'm starting to wonder if the democrats are starting to weigh their options and think Maybe we ought to just let him twist on the vine and cut our losses here, but we'll have to find out. Uh, I do like your tips on reporting this because it is important that people understand a cognitive test. I've seen one administered, and and you're right. It's it's easy. You don't have to. You can't study for it. You can't study for it. First of all, uh, but but your book kind of touches on uh, the the title of your book, and this is <laughs> fifty years in a newsroom. A eulogy, right? Uh, a eulogy, huh? That sounds a little bit scary. Um, are you uh, are uh, you saying the, 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 the journalism is dead? No, it tell just us about means the book. I, it just means that I wanted to, after fifty years of being in newsrooms my whole life, to reflect back as though I was in the casket, standing there giving my own eulogy. That was the idea, right? So, I what you. would I say? What would I say to myself in that casket? about what I had done with my life in journalism. And what I would say is that there was this wonderful, uh, thoughtful past that newsrooms were about that spoke to America as a united country. Uh, and today we don't speak to America as a united country. We speak in, as we talked before, people in echo chambers and silos and I sort of bemoan that. I mean, I know that's sort of part of the point of the book is we can get back to this. We can recover. We can reunite America intellectually by our information. Information is so powerful. The greatest bridge builder between all of us is the ability to build a bridge of what you think and I think and meet somewhere in the middle. And if we could do that again, if we could figure out our way to that, we would have a common ground. Because I believe, as you know, I'm an optimist that America fundamentally understands what freedom is and how cherished liberty is. And that's what unites us. America's common ground is our freedom, is our sense of liberty. Without it, nothing else matters. And every day in American media today, you see people sort of ripping that apart at the ends of it. The, the Biden um, you know, sense of is he intellectually okay or mentally okay is part of that. But then there's a, you know, there's larger you know, even larger issues like that, like Trump coming out talking about NATO uh, last week. He wasn't saying I was going to leave NATO. He was just saying that people need to stand up and tall for what they believe in and they need to invest like we invest. But that was blown out by mainstream media into something else. So that's what I bemoan in the book. The, the, the 50 years and the eulogy is to say this is what it was. It doesn't have to be lost. But I'm going to be buried with what it was, right? Because yeah. you know that's the way you know. And, and I and I think it's it, it, it. Therefore, the book is sort of a. It's it's a recollection, but it's more than that. It's also ho it's a hope 
that uh, it doesn't all get buried and that we are able to re to reclaim it. Uh, thanks for mentioning it. You know, I, I, I write these books for, I don't know who, who the heck reads them. This, this one was sort of written for people like me, you know, young up and coming news directors and people in the business to say, this is one, um, one guy's reflection. I think, you know, we, all of us are on programs like this and we write things because we want to be relevant, right? We want to say, I have a sense of relevance. I'm still matter. I still have something to offer. And as the years go by, you begin to think that, that, that you're not relevant anymore. But I want to tell both of you guys, we are relevant as long as we're prepared to speak the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, and perhaps more so now than ever, it really feels like we're at the edge of some sort of uh, inflection point here. You know, things are, can't go on this way with the releases that have come out just this year. It's only, it's only Valentine's day. It's only February 14th. We're like, what, six weeks into the year. And it's just amazing to see where everything has gone. And, you know, the points, the discussions we've had with you about journalism, about media, the state of media, your opinion and, and experience is so important in this. So, again, we want to recommend that you go to Amazon and get your copy of 50 Years in a Newsroom, a eulogy uh, for Mr. Cohen's view of how it all began and where it's headed now. And where it's headed now, I think we're at a point where we still have opportunities to take the narrative back, take it away from these creatures that want to divide us. Uh, Mr. Cohen, thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate your perspective. All right, and let, let's do that hour together at some point, gentlemen. It's just been fun as always. Thank you. You got it. Absolutely. Thank you. Congrats, Steve. Yeah, congrats. 50 years in a newsroom, a eulogy. Pick up your copy now. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Oh no, could the squad soon be a thing of the past? Well, based on the hot water that Democrat representatives Cori Bush from Missouri and Ilhan Omar, her brother's wife from Minnesota are in, all signs point to yes, outcome likely. What am I talking about? Well, according to Representative Byron Donalds of Florida, Cori Bush has diverted campaign funds into some questionable security expenses. And Omar was filmed in Somalia saying she's Somalian first and Muslim second. Didn't seem to be a mention of the United States or her oath of office to the Constitution in there. The sooner we're well shot of these people, the better. They're clearly here based on intersectionality, not intellect and nothing will become them so much as they're leaving. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. One in four Australian women experience domestic violence in their lifetime. Staying is dangerous, but leaving can mean homelessness for them and their children. With your generosity, the Salvos can provide crisis services and ongoing support, helping women find a way out of violence and a way back into a safe and stable life. Help us leave no one in need. Please donate to the Red Shield Appeal today. Interviews, news and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, yesterday we touched on the scheduled Tony Bobolinsky testimony uh, that was to take place before the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees. Well, it did take place. It was a marathon session over eight hours long. 
Insiders accounts say that Tony Bobolinsky was laser focused and unshakable in his testimony. He brought receipts. Rob Walker testified too. The testimony was beyond damning. Uh, it was relevatory and it was very, very detailed. So what does this actually mean for a possible impeachment resolution on the House floor? Are they going to pull the trigger on this? And if that is if that uh, does happen, are some Democrats ready to allow this impeachment to play out? Just as we were talking with Steve Cohen there to kind of cut their losses with Biden because it's not getting any better. What are the chances of this moving forward, given the fact that we're in an election year? That may come into play here, too. Joining us to break it all down is chairman of GS2 Law, international lawyer and advocate, uh, Rob Garson. Rob, uh, hello. Welcome back to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you, man. Um, Steve, it's great to be back. Brian, it's good to see you. As Likewise. you can see, you've caught me at work today, not in the <laughs> studio, uh, as uh, as was last time. Well, it's great to see you, man. And and you're the guy we wanted to go to on this because this is, uh, you, you know, you're the mini, uh, international uh, man of law here. So here's what we <laughs> here's what we found out here. Suspicious activity reports apparently obtained by the House Republicans show that Hunter Biden's business partner, Rob Walker, um, received a $3 million wire transfer from CEFC. This is the Chinese energy conglomerate working with the CCP. Anyway, this $3 million was delivered in 2017. In turn, four Biden family members, including Hunter, James, Haley, I think that's the niece, and an unidentified Biden, they each received $1.3 million Shortly after Walker got this, Walker, during his interview with investigators, said that Joe Biden attended a meeting with Hunter, additional business partners, and CEFC chairman Yi Jingming. And I don't remember the exact time. This is his quote, but I do remember it being in Washington, D.C. And then Bob Alinsky talked about how he had met uh, with, with the Bidens and some of these business partners. How damning was this testimony yesterday? It's hugely damning. Uh, look, Steve, if I could raise an eyebrow, it would be really, really high. Now, when I used to do criminal law back in Britain, and I did 10 years of defending organized crime, um, and it was great fun when we did it. I always knew a defense was a whole load of nonsense if I could attach the words, and I was flabbergasted to find that in front of the defense, right? So I'll give you an example. I was driving down the road, minding my own business, armed police stopped me, and I was flabbergasted to find that they found 60 kilos of coke in the trunk of my car. In the same regard here, could you imagine what the defense is going to be? I was sitting there at home as a member of the Biden family. I decided to check my bank balance and I was flabbergasted to find that somebody had just randomly deposited $1.3 million into my bank account. And I thought, good Lord, it's my lucky day. For what did I do this? Is it because potentially my brother is part of Sino Hawk? Um, a, a, a Chinese energy conglomerate, which is there in order to try and get money out of Chinese people. And for what purposes would anybody do any business with Hunter Biden? There are two reasons why somebody might do business with Hunter Biden. One, if you're his drug dealer, or alternatively, if you're looking for some access. And this goes back kind of to what we were saying last week about term limits generally, 
I would be I would be flabbergasted to find if Hunter Biden hadn't tried to peddle influence with his father for his own personal benefit. That is, I don't understand why everybody is so surprised. It's like, wow, Hunter Biden act like a reprobate in another way and tried to get money in a different way. It's remarkable, is it not? <laughs> yeah, quite remarkable. <laughs> and and what about Bob Bobolinsky told investigators that law enforcement never even contacted him to speak about this. I mean, is, I just find it absolutely bananas that there we don't even have air marshals anymore because they're busy following people around the country who happen to be in in D.C. on January sixth. Yet they have no interest in even speaking to someone like Bob Alinsky or you know. Gosh, I could name Rob 10 Walker. other people they have. Yeah, exactly. It, you're right. When it comes to real, actual, and tangible crimes that are going on, and it wouldn't really take the Sherlock Holmeses of this world to try and track these crimes down. You know, it's a bit like when they found, you know, Coke in the White House, and they go, I wonder who it could be. And you've got a guy there in the corner going, I've got absolutely no clue who it could be. It's, 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 you don't expect a guy in a deer stalker to come out with a, with a magnifying glass and say, hmm, this is the puzzle of the century. Yeah. Um, Bobolinsky has been saying, I've been saying this since 2020, very openly, what's been going on and, and maybe before that and nobody's even come and questioned me look um one thing that we're seeing with it's this balance what do they do in these circumstances and it's unfortunate yes the president has this sum and yes the and and i'm sure over the years he has thought to himself bloody hell what am i going to do with him i need to keep him on the straight and narrow i need to get him into something right who would and uh, uh, and don't get me wrong hunter biden is a very intelligent guy originally you know went to yale law school worked in a top rate firm then became a lobbyist for a long period of time now in that end okay he got he got discharged from the uh, from the Navy for drug use, but we can look over, we can overlook that. So, but the question is, if I were going to employ Hunter Biden, would he pass any form of background check? No, of course not. Uh, however, he does for the purposes of uh, working uh, with Ukraine, that's for sure, and China. Now, in anybody's if anybody's looking at this from a completely objective perspective, and when I stepped into the United States, I did come at this from a very objective perspective, but there is no doubt this reeks. It reeks to a high heaven. The question you asked is, why haven't the prosecutors been doing anything? Prosecute Merrick Garland has appointed special prosecutors. They have tried as hard as they can to not prosecute Hunter Biden. They go before a judge, on deals and the judge says even the judge is saying within probably one of the more democratic areas of this world and saying i just can't do this i just can't accept these plea deals it's ridiculous and in the background those prosecutors haven't been investigating has there been shielding involved you know 
the big man, as uh, as he's like to be, as they like to call him, and the people around the big man are probably sensible enough not to have their uh, their, their fingerprints on it. Have the uh, the special prosecutors slow walked this? Probably, knowing full well in the background that as time goes on, evidence goes away, and they're really probably hoping that Hunter Biden will go away. Is it time for, never you asked at the beginning, is it time for the Democratic Party to cut ties with Joe Biden? They really don't want to. They're hanging on very manfully. And especially after the election in New York that transpired yesterday, they will feel slightly more emboldened if it were to come to, uh, to impeachment of Hunter Biden. However, I bet they're darned as they wish they could get rid of Hunter Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is investigators don't investigate that which they don't want investigated. And it seems to me as if they don't want, they don't really want to get too deep into this. I mean, Bob Alinsky is all about, you know, carrying around a sandwich board on, you know, in, in the, in the beltway saying, look, ask me about uh, Hunter Biden and his corrupt family. I'll tell you all about it. And nobody goes to talk to him. Rob Walker, ditto. It was up to the House Judiciary Committee and the House Oversight Committee to get these questions out. And it the media, much like these Inspector Clouseau's and the DOJ, they seem to have no real interest in this. And, it, you know, I think the average person walks away from this going, OK, well, the fix is in. So th this is one of the major issues that I've had, actually, since coming to America um, is actually is trying to get some form of informed media out to myself back in the day when i first came do you know where i used to actually get a a slightly more nuanced centrist opinion that was actually john stewart on comedy central i found that there was somebody there who was willing to take the mick out of people on both sides okay he skews a little one way but at least he's willing to make fun of people along the way uh, the problem here is you've got people going either side, and I'm going to say a pox on everybody's houses here, on either side, um, Joe Biden can do no right. And on the other side, Donald Trump can do no right. And everybody can do wrong. I think that what we need is to come back with people who are willing enough to say. So, for example, I had friends of mine before the last election. Voting for Donald Trump was kind of like their dirty secret. They would talk to you in the corners of bars and say, yeah, you know, I'm going to vote for Trump. Uh, why? Because they didn't love the person, but they loved his policies. They loved what he was doing. They loved what he had done for the country, but they just wished that... Um, that uh, that he would have put his phone away every now and then. On the other side, I've got friends of mine who despise what the Democratic Party's policies are and are really uncomfortable with the weaponization of the uh, of law enforcement, the weaponization of the judiciary, the uh, and yet again, we now have here, unfortunately, the politicians stepping in to a judicial function when they shouldn't 
be doing that. If we had proper checks and balances that were exercised in this country and the tools are there to do it, they should be looking at this like Lady Justice. She should be looking at this blindly and saying, look, if we have endemic corruption and systemic corruption within our country, we need to be investigating this. And when you've got the son of a president and was then the son of a sitting vice president doing backroom deals with the Chinese and, uh, and abstracting or obtaining millions of dollars in benefit, what were they paying Hunter Biden for if not access? Then comes the question, and, that's a sm and, and that opens the door to any reasonable investigation. Then comes the question is, well, how far did it go? Did Joe Biden then actually give access? Did he give Hunter Biden the impression there was going to be access? But then we've got what's going to go back on the on the investigation of last week, because we really can't have it both or people can't have it both ways. Joe Biden isn't necessarily fit to stand trial vis-a-vis -vis his documents. If he didn't know that he had a massive cache of documents sitting next to his dog bed, did he or, or, or in his garage? Is he likely to remember a 2017 meeting with Bobolinsky and what that was about? Well, there are certainly diaries that he has. Every politician has diaries. And we should be looking into who was scheduling those. Why? How? How did it come about? Um, and, uh, and, and who attended those meetings? And then we should be looking into if there were Chinese officials, because we know in China there are very few non state actors in order to, you know, if you get too big, you get shot down. Who are those people that he was meeting with? And what was the meeting about? And what backroom deals have been done off the back of it? Yeah, you know, this this kind of discovery seems to be the thing that the the DNC, the deep state, the White House, the DOJ want they consider it completely toxic. It's like it's it's much like a lot of the uh, election shenanigans that we've talked about with regards to 2020 and 2022 for that matter. It's just like no evidence has been submitted. We have no evidence of this. Well, no one's taking the cases. So it's like, you know, of course, there's you can say there's no evidence, but we can look at open source information, congressional hearings and all this stuff and say there's actually a lot of information. So the discovery is clearly what they're trying to avoid. Um, we got a couple minutes left. And I'm curious, though, at sort of a high level that that factor you mentioned right there of uh, the destabilization and the polarization, just that extreme right, extreme left sort of you know, headbutting that we've been doing for so long now. Is a bridge starting to form here for, are we starting to see maybe the center and, and common sense people and people less hyper-partisan sort of coming together now? Or is there a possible uh, groundswell here? I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not seeing it at the moment. I would like to think that, that there are people who can have an honest approach and we deserve it as americans to be able to have these uh, these these honest debates i actually think it's fueled by social media very badly that people entrench a position entrench a position and they're not listening to each other in the middle and th this is one of the major problems that we have at the moment and this is why you brian you steve it's so important to do what you're doing by actually having open conversations and to look at this openly and going back to what you said we there's a principle back in british law called nelsonian blindness nelson was firing on ships they were waving the white flag of surrender he put 
the telescope up to his blind eye and said, I don't see anything. Carry on firing. <laughs> this is exactly the same thing what's happening. If you don't open your eye, if you don't have the ability to see it, you're not going to see the evidence there. And we call upon at the moment now the prosecuting authorities just to do their job. Go right. and do your job. Go and find Rob, the evidence. And you know what? If we, it's clear, it's clear. Yep. We got to leave it there because we're about to, the computer's about to shut us down. But thank you so much, Rob Garson. Always great to hear from you. GS2Law. Is it GS2Law.com? Yes, sir. There you go. We'll talk to you again. You're watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT.